As a mom, you wear a lot of hats, and sometimes it seems like you're going in a million directions at once. At the 29-Minute Mom, we want to give you the tools to bring it all under control and reach your highest potential. If you give us a few minutes, we'll help you find those extra hours you need every week to achieve balance and satisfaction in everything you're trying to get done. The 29-Minute Mom. It's time just for you. And now, here's your host, life's organization expert, author and coach, Jennifer Ford-Berry. mamas out there. Thanks for joining me again today for the 29 minute mom. I'm so excited. If you are a business owner, and I know we have so many female business owners and entrepreneurs in the 29 minute mom community. So this show is for you. My guest today is Lindsay Pinchuk. She's an award-winning entrepreneur and she invested only $500, had a baby on the way and left a high power job as a magazine publishing executive to found her first company, which get ready, she generated seven figures in revenue year after year. She's been featured or contributed to the Time Magazine, the Doctors, Access Live. She's all over the place and she is a force to be reckoned with. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. She actually is also the host of her own podcast called Dear Founder. And I just want to say welcome to the 29 Minute Mom. Lindsay, we're so happy you came to talk to us today. Thanks so much, Jennifer. And thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. So I don't even know where to start with you because you <laughs> have done so much and it's just amazing to go to your website and see all the things that you have been featured on and the business that you grew. What I love about it and I can totally relate is leaving that high powered job to start your own um, baby while you are actually having a human baby. That's exactly what happened to me. And I think motherhood does change us. And it helps us want to be more impactful in the life, but also have flexibility and know that our work matters. So um, let's jump in and just talk about what was it like back then when you were going to leave that job and take the leap of faith um, into your own company? Yeah. You know, I never intended to be an entrepreneur. I mean, really and truly, like that was not on my radar at all ever. I actually wanted to be a journalist and that also is the the like that whole full circle is very crazy as well because I was not a journalist when I worked in magazines I was selling ad space and ad programs and I was making a lot more money than a journalist which was why right. I I you know I took that job and I loved that job like I loved working I worked at Hearst magazines I worked for Good Housekeeping for Red Book I mean really big publications and I loved what I did and so you know, I, I started this community when I was pregnant, I was pregnant and I had no pregnant friends. We all have sixth graders. So I was just first. <laughs> and, you know, I, I started hosting events and I really just was trying to find friends for myself and eventual friends for my daughter. And when I, when it came down to me returning from maternity leave after I, I was on maternity leave, I had a new boss and, um, she was, she was not married. She was recently divorced. She was a little older. She was not having kids, um, at least not biologically. And um, 
she made it very clear that she knew about my side hustle. And if I did anything on her time, didn't matter if I was hitting my numbers, which I always did, it was going to be a no go for her. Everyone on our floor at the Hearst office here in Chicago had a day at home. This was, you know, 12 years ago. So this was like before working at home was a thing. Everyone had a day at home. I asked for it. She said, no, Um, you know, it was, she was very much like a hard ass on me. And I said to my husband, this woman is going to make my life hell. I I mean, she is, she's going to make my life hell. And so I, I think now is the time to see if this business that I started as a passion project could take off. And I was starting to get sponsors. I was starting to see revenue coming in through ticket sales at events. You have to remember this was like before Instagram. It was like business, you know, businesses didn't even have Facebook pages at the time. So it was a whole different time. But I always share this in this story. And then I asked myself, like, what's the worst that happens? And the worst that happens is I leave and it doesn't pan out. And then I have to get a new job. And can I live with that? And the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and to your point, I wanted flexibility. I wanted to be around for my daughter. Like my whole perspective of working changed. And while I loved my job at Hearst, I was working for someone else, traveling a lot, and I was traveling on someone else's time. And I also had to entertain. And like, well, that sounds amazing. And it is before you have a family to be forced to go out to dinner with, you know, account executives and junior media planners, you know, every single night of every single week. Like that's just not fun when all you want is to get home to see your baby. Yeah, I can totally relate. Very similar story. So you mentioned that this was back before social media and all of that. I It leads me to a question just out of curiosity. Do you feel like marketing has gotten a little bit more difficult because the markets are so saturated and the women that we're trying to reach are bombarded every single day with, you know, messages from all angles as soon as they pick up their cell phone. You know, what, how do you feel about that? I do a little bit. I, my answer to this question is yes and no. Yes. In the sense that we are getting messages from every different direction now. And there's so many social platforms and I think everyone feels like they need to keep up with all of it. No, in the sense that grassroots marketing still works. Mm -hmm. And the issue is most businesses aren't taking advantage of that. And so like when I get into a business, whether it's, you know, with, I've had nine figure companies who have hired me to work on this with them. And I get in to talk with them and we talk about what they're doing and everything is like, they push out their product on social media. You can't just do that. Like there are a lot of other things that you can and should be doing to market your business. One of which, for example, is partnerships. And yes, there are partnerships on social media, but there are a lot of ways to partner with entities off social media. And a lot of people don't do it. And so I think that oftentimes business owners, big and small, don't see the benefit and the ease of something that's right in front of them and that they can do for free. And oftentimes when I point it out to them, they're like, oh, like, yes, that's like a great idea to do that, you know? And so yes and no, you know, I think you now have to add in social media to your mix, but I also think that you cannot forget about those guerrilla marketing tactics, like events. And, you know, the things that are take place in person. And I mean, there's there are things that really and truly should be happening outside of social media for marketing your business. 
which actually makes me happy. I think marketing that way is so much more fun. I'm one of those people that is just burnt out on social media. I delegate a lot of it now. It doesn't seem fun to me. Um, so let's talk to the the women out there that are those small business owners that you know are wanting to scale this year. And let's face it, the opportunity is endless nowadays for women. You can work from home, you can use your computer, you can do all sorts of things. But I think that there's a lot of women that are just like, it's so the sky's the limit. So where do they start? What are some steps that they could do if they want to be serious about scaling their business and their community, say in the next six to 12 months? So the first thing that I would say, and this is sort of an answer to your question, but it's very important when we talk about scalability and a lot of people don't do it is if you have a business where like the business is you and you are the face of the business and you want to scale the business, you have to find a way to scale that is not scaling you. And that I think it's a huge, awesome statement. Say that again. You have to find a way to scale your business that is not scaling you. And I will say I made that mistake with Bump Club. And a lot of my first company was tied to me. I was the face of it. You know, during the pandemic, I was leading all of our webinars, all of our live events. And at that point we had been acquired and I, but I was still the face of it and I was working for the company and I was offering strategies to take me out of the business because I knew I wanted to leave the business eventually. And no one was taking me up on these strategies. I was like, we have to bring in new moms. We have to bring in new faces. Like, you know, I was offering up all of these opportunities so that it wasn't so heavy reliant on me. And no one was really taking me up on that. And, you know, so when I did leave, it was definitely more problematic for them than it was for me at that point. You know, I but I couldn't have left my business before I sold it without going out of business because the business was so reliant upon me. And so I think when you're thinking about scaling your business, you need to have a blueprint that can be executed at scale and many, you know, many different markets, but that you are not the linchpin for that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's finding other people who can carry out your method or your process, or you sell your process to other people to utilize if you're a service-based business, like that is a great way to scale your business, right? So that was that's the first thing that I want to say because I think it it becomes very heavy for women to have that like that, that pressure to be the face of a business and to show up in many different places. And when you're only one person, it's, it, it just, you cannot scale a business where it's just you. Right. Well, and a lot of people listening will be thinking, you know, that's what I ideally want to do, but they are not ready to pay a team or they're, you know, they want to, it's even hard to trust your business with other people. Cause you always feel like as the owner, you're the one that cares the most. So talk to the, the woman that is thinking, I want to do that, but I'm afraid to expand my help and more importantly, afford more help. So the first thing in terms of help that I think is a huge opportunity right now, especially for women is you probably can afford help. Even if you think you can't afford help. There's a lot of ways to get help. Number one, when I was first starting Bump Club, I traded help with people. You know, and I think a lot of people listening are like, oh, really? Like, I can do that? Yes, you can. If you have something that you offer to someone or you, I mean, you obviously, everyone who has a business has something they offer. Find someone who wants what you offer and trade it with them. And 
I think a lot of business owners too, when they're first starting out, will reciprocate on that. Or even established business owners, if they have the time and feel like you have a viable product, they understand where you've been or where you are. They've been there before. And so they will help you with that. So find ways to trade. I think that's like a huge opportunity. I also think it's a huge opportunity to find someone on a project basis, you know, like come up with a budget and find someone who can alleviate that pressure from you for a few hours or a day a week or whatever the parameters are that you set forth. You don't have to all of a sudden, all of a sudden you want help. You don't have to say, okay, well, I have to pay someone six figures and they have to be full-time and I have to give them insurance. Like you don't. And I think we're at a crux right now in the workforce where there are a lot of women, moms, especially who left the workforce during COVID who have incredible experience and who want to get back into the workforce flexibly and would be willing to take on your projects at a smaller rate just to have that back in. And Mm -hmm. so I think look for people who can contract, who can freelance, who can grow with you and don't necessarily want a full-time job. And I think there's a big misconception too, especially when it comes to like marketing and social media, right? That like you have to hire like a recent grad or like you want to, you know, those people need full-time jobs, but don't look at that pool. Look at the pool of women and moms who want flexibility and who have been around and who have the experience and who place an emphasis on their, their quality of life over their paycheck and might be willing to take a job for a little bit less. So that, you know, in terms of hiring help, I think that that's where I, where I would start. Did I answer your question? I feel like yeah, I went off. I love it. I think it, I love that you're bringing up the bartering um, idea. And I love that you also mentioned grassroots because I feel like we have gotten away from some of the foundational things that do really grow business, which all comes down to relationships. Yep. And women love networking and building relationships. That's one thing that's fantastic about working with women. So tell us if they're going to, I mean, if you decide, okay, this year I want to scale, what is the one thing you would have women focus on first? Because I'm all about prioritizing and time management. So if you are going to scale your business, the first thing that I would do is figure out how. Mm-hmm. How is it that you are going to scale? Are you going to offer your services at max capacity online and do like a webinar? Are you going to maybe instead of one-on-one do an in-person group event or a group class or a group workshop? How is the scale going to work? How and how big? I think that is like kind of the first thing. And I will say this with, and this is like a little bit of a tangent with Bump Club, we we had a blueprint for what we did in Chicago and we hosted events. We we built a community of moms and moms to be and moms in other markets were like, we want this here. And so we started doing it in other markets and our blueprint worked in some of the other markets, but not all of them. And, you know, so that was a very big learning lesson that you really have to look at what your blueprint is and where you're taking it before you actually get there. And that was a learning lesson for me. And we ended up retracting a couple of our geographical partnerships, getting a national partner, which was Target and then Nordstrom, and using those bigger strategic partnerships to grow our business and to scale our business in all of the markets across the country. So it took a little bit of like realignment to figure to figure that out, right? After you figure out how you are going to scale and how big and how it's going to work, 
this is the biggest miss for every business owner, honestly and truly, is you don't people don't tell people. You have to tell people what you're doing. And I think like that it it sounds like I it's like I'm saying it and you're you know you're smiling and laughing and like, but it's so true. Like if you don't tell sure. your network, which is your relationships, that you are taking your business and scaling it in X, Y, and Z way, and here's how you can support it. Who's going to support you? Mm -hmm. You know, so relationships, like you said, are key. And the people who are in your network and who are in your like business community, I'm not saying your um, audience community, you know, your your customer community, people who are in your network are going to be the first people to help you if they can. They're going to be the first people to spread the word. They're going to be the first people to say, oh, you're going to be doing this or launching a store in another city. Well, guess what? I know so-and-so and I'm going to connect you. And so you need to really get it out there to not just the social media world, but to your email contacts, to your LinkedIn, and really tell people what it is that you're doing, how they can support you. And even if they can't be your customer, what is it that they can do to help spread the word? Mm -hmm. And that is the number one thing, whether you're starting a business or scaling a business that you need to do when there's a change. And I think if you change your mindset from being like a, you know, a typical salesman to a woman that's passionate, excited about what she's creating and providing service for somebody, then it's easier to sell. It's easier mm -hmm. to talk about your, your ideas and to sell yourself. You know, it's interesting because with Bump Club, I, I didn't sell first at all. I mean, like I show, I started hosting events. I didn't lose money. They were all in partnership. They were all free. They were all in partnership. And we started building this database. And and then we start, you know, and then people started following us on social media later. But, you know, I wasn't asking people to transact. It was like I was showing up. I was pregnant. I was sharing my issues as a pregnant woman. People were conversing with me. People were connecting with me through that life stage. And then when it came time to host our first like paid event, it was because people were asking me for it. It wasn't because I was like, oh, I have this idea and I think I'm going to do this. It was like, people were like, can you bring in a speaker to talk about breastfeeding? And so guess what we did? We brought in a speaker. We had a hundred people pay $50 to come to it. We served dinner. You know, I negotiated a good rate with a restaurant and I was able to make a profit on it. And that was great. And then the next month we did one with a sleep expert and I ended up getting a sponsor. And so, because I had that built-in community that was growing, but it was never the sales process first. And truly it, it was never that until I was sold. And that was a big part of why I wanted to leave the corporation that sold me was because I felt that everything was about the sale. And I felt like everything, everything that was on social media was sponsored and everything was about the bottom line. And I am a very big believer that if you show up and serve, that is a, that is a bridge to transaction and your bottom line will grow automatically. And it does. And it, and it did for me for nine years. Yeah. You, know. uh, you talk a lot about partnerships, Lindsay, and you have on your website, you know, you've worked with some really big brands, Huggies, Alta, um, Honest Company, Target, Nordstrom. What do you, what do you contribute to getting your foot in the door with brands like that? So my whole thing is that you have to start somewhere. And with Bump Club, for example, I started by offering them exposure for free. And, you know, I said, I'm having this event. It's a prenatal workout. We have 
50 to 75 people coming. Would you like to send samples? Would you like to send product? Would you like to provide something for a giveaway? I'll put your logo on the collateral. And the brands understood that I had this market of pregnant people that they wanted to reach and they took a chance on sending really all it cost them was shipping and and the cost of their product. Mm -hmm. And I was then able to turn around and take it out to a couple of people to try to get a paid sponsor. And no one knew that those people didn't pay, you know, that was between me and them. It wasn't between me and the world. Like, so then I took the collateral and I took it to a couple of baby brands. And I said, we have these events. I'd love to see your logo here. Would you like to talk about sponsorship? And I was able to sell in my first few brands. Graco was one of the first brands that partnered with me, Summer Infant and Britax. Um, and Britax was uh, still is a part. They all are still partners of Bump Club, but Britax, um, the woman there is is still someone that I'm very close with mm-hmm. um, who took a chance on me. And so from there, we got those logos on. And then I took them out to more car seat companies and stroller companies. And I said, look, like these people are partnering with us. Don't you want to too? And eventually we built up those partnerships to a place where retailers were noticing us and both Target and Nordstrom reached out to us. That's awesome. It it was not a, we did not reach out to them. They both reached out to us and we had very successful partnerships with both of them. The Target one is still ongoing with Bump Club. So you ended up selling Bump Club. I did. Okay. And you, I know you have your podcast now. What else are you doing these days? Yeah. So when I sold Bump Club, I worked there for two and a half years and it kind of, it was very, it was a natural progression. I had people in my contact list and my network who were reaching out to me during that last year and everyone was kind of still home. The pandemic was still going on. It was early 2021. And they were asking me to take on projects. Like, can you help us to build our community? Can you help us with our social strategy? And I couldn't because I was still working about 80 to hundred hours a week for Bump Club. And yeah. And I realized, and I wasn't happy. And I realized that all of these other projects would pay me more and I would be able to like enjoy my life and my kids, which is why I sold the company. So it took, it took about six months to work through the arrangement of me leaving. And then when I did, I sent out an email and I said, I'm taking clients. And at the time I didn't really, it wasn't so specific about what I was going to do and how I was going to help people. I was kind of like, I'm a marketing consultant. But that has evolved over the last year. And essentially, I do a couple of different things. I consult for big brands and I consult them on building and monetizing their community through email, social media, content, events, and partnerships. And then I also um, coach on that as well. So and that kind of came up really like on accident. Like I, I was teaching a class and then a couple of people were like, well, I really want to work with you one-on-one. And so I created a coaching program and now I take five coaching clients per month and they're all female founders and we work through whatever their issues are to get them to a place where they are building and monetizing their community. I also public speak and then I have the podcast. Yeah, I love that. It's so funny though, the the coaching industry, you know, I never set out to be a coach either. It's just, you get when you are in a business and for anyone listening, this could happen to you. You learn systems and you learn an industry and you 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 learn that by jumping off the diving board, learning how to swim and realizing, okay, the backstroke didn't work as good as the breaststroke today. And then over time, by your mistakes, you create 
a program that works for you. And that's when people want to learn it. And so the big thing I want women to know is that you did not have it all figured out when you started. I did not have no. it all figured out when I started, but look at where, what happens when you decide, you know what, this is my life and I want to live it my way. And I have a gift to give the world. I just have to put it in some sort of container. A hundred percent. And I, it's funny. Cause I always say what took me, you know, 10 years to learn is really now taking me like three to five months to implement in my yeah. new business. You know, my new business has grown so fast over the last year, far faster than obviously it did the first time. But to your point, I built a system and I know how to work it. And I want to kind of clarify. And I think that I think a lot of people often have questions with this. Like I started consulting because of my networks. And when I consult, I do the work. I go in and I create a plan and a strategy. I hand it to them and I help them implement it with their team. But when we coach, it's really for those you know, those female founders who don't have the budget to pay me to do it for them. And I guide them along the process of doing it themselves. And they all do. And it's amazing. And, you know, the, those three months essentially could save them three years in the long run. So yeah. yeah, to your point, like it's, you know, it's really building upon your experience and sharing that knowledge that, you know, that you have learned and built up over the last, you know, I've, I have a career in marketing of over 20 years. I know. How does this happen? I was just teaching a master oh class talking about what my life was 20 years ago with that marketing degree and where it is now. It's nothing like I planned. No, me neither. <laughs> Crazy. Absolutely nothing. Um, but so one of the questions that we could have asked earlier, but I want still want to ask since you're coaching and it relates to everything you've done is you have done a lot of media and what advice do you have for women that want to be seen? I mean, they want to be out there. They want to, um, you know, in, in, I want to first preface it by saying all these things as an entrepreneur, it is like when you're starting out as a one man show, it's a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. you're like, do I focus on marketing today? Do I focus on, you know, um, making connections? How much time do I network? And you still want to be a mom. You're, you're like, okay, I have to reach out to these television shows or these radio shows. Slim it down for us. So, you know, first things first, do not pay for media, okay? If you pay for media, that is not media. That's not earned media. That's called an advertisement, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. I think a lot of people think that media and publicity is TV, radio, you know, print magazines. It's not just that. Publicity is when anyone shares your story in your business with their community and their audience. So, you know, it could be an influencer. It could be an, just another person in your community. So my whole notion with getting publicity is you have to start somewhere. Start by sharing your story. What is it that you do? How do you do it? And why? And the why is very important. That is the hook. People want to know why you do what you do and why you are able to sell your services. What credentials you to do that? So you want to be sharing your story over and over and over and everywhere, everywhere you show up in your email, on social media, on your website, you want to get people talking. And the more you share your story, then people will start sharing it for you and they will, and you will become the person who started a company with $500 in their pocket and then sold it. That's what my one line is, you know, and that's what people know me for. When you start sharing it, then others start sharing it. Then it gets the attention of more people. And it's a lot easier when people are talking about you and talking about your business to reach out to a local publication, a blog, um, 
you know, your alumni publication. I just did an amazing episode of Dear Found Her with this woman, Annie Scranton. She owns a PR company in New York called Pace PR. And she gave really great ideas for people starting out that maybe don't have a giant budget. If you land a great placement right off the bat, that's amazing. But that's not necessarily going to happen for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in the media and in the press and you feel like you cannot get yourself there, Find a publicist, a freelance publicist. You do not have to go to an agency and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month. I never did. Find another woman, another mom who has their own gig going, who doesn't have the overhead of an office space and a whole team, someone who knows how to pitch and who has media connections. And those women exist. I'm telling you, they exist. Mm -hmm. I was the first client of my original publicist. And so we, we didn't trade, but like I took a chance on her. So I got a pretty good rate. I grew with them and then I ended up, you know, growing out of them and I had to move to someone who had more national connections. But once you start getting a little bit of press, it's a lot easier to get more press because you've already been in the press. So you have to start at like that bottom rung, you know, does that, I could talk about this all day. I know I could, I could talk with you all day. Here's the thing I want to point out too, is when you are doing these things where you're top telling your story and you're talking on social media, that's good practice for when all of a sudden you have a TV camera in your face. Yep. And so the more you can, I mean, when I started out, I didn't have that kind of practice. So, you know, for years, there was really no social media 20 years ago. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm on a TV segment and there's a camera. So nowadays women have that privilege of being able to go on Zoom like this video yourself talking, redo it 15 times if you have to see what you're, you know, doing wrong, see what kind of look you have practice. And don't try don't wait until you're perfect to get your story out there because it'll never happen. So just start talking on an Instagram live, be your real self. Don't you think nowadays, we want to see those raw women? Yep. People, you have to show up as yourself. You're not going to be for everyone, but you're going to be for the right people for you. And so show up as yourself without a doubt. And I also want to say about the press and publicity, like I didn't land a national news segment or a national segment overnight. I wasn't in Time Magazine until my very last year in Bump Club. And it was because of the education we did for parents surrounding COVID. I mean, you know what I mean? It wasn't like this happened overnight. It really took a while. And, you know, it was like I had this publicist that got me that knew how to pitch me to the local press. And I got one segment and that's really all it took. And then they were able to take that one segment to the other local press. And then I started getting booked regularly as an expert because I was good. And, you know, and I and I was easy to work with and I was amenable. You know, I mean, it's not just about your camera presence. It's about you as a person, too, Mm -hmm. and showing up and being respectful to the people who work at the station. And I have a lot of relationships now with people at the networks, especially here in Chicago. And, you know, you have to just start small and, and know that if you get something big, that's amazing. But you have to start somewhere. Yeah, such good advice. So tell the listeners, if they listen to this episode today, which I'm sure they will feel really fired up and just kind of like you're a breath of fresh air because you're going back to let's quit thinking we have to do everything at once. Let's narrow in on some things that we actually can change in our business starting today. Like these are all within our power to change. You can 
start to share your story with everybody. You can do a partnership with someone for free. You can ask a publicist that you know to work with you and we can do all these things. This isn't like you need a million dollars to you make a million dollars. Okay. So I think that is very inspiring to women. Um, tell me real fast. And then I want you to share everybody how they can find you. But with the pandemic that has just happened, where, and I always think there's always good that comes out of bad situations. What are the golden opportunities right now that you see? Cause life I- has changed. Life has absolutely changed. And I think that number one, there's a very big opportunity for women to control their own destiny and to work for themselves. Um, This is, you know, I could do a whole podcast on this as well, but like there are a lot of changes in the workforce right now that are leading, you know, people to quit, to quiet quit, to not do their work properly, whatever it might be. And all of these women who left or who maybe feel stuck in a job have the upper hand in that they can ask for what they want Right. either in their workplace or they can leave and start freelancing and contracting because right. every company wants to save money right now. So I yeah. really think there is an opportunity for women to control their own destiny. And also I think everyone, this whole world has seen that we can work from everywhere, everywhere and anywhere and be flexible. And so, you know, I always say if, if you want something done, give it to a busy mom. Because a busy mom will get it done faster and better than anyone else on this planet. And so I I do think that, you know, the our society is coming around to that a little bit more. And so I think, like I said, there's an opportunity for you to really think about what it is you want, how you want to do it, and really write down those steps of what I what do I need to do to get there and just go out and do it. And and I and I really think that women now more than ever can have exactly what they want. It's like, first of all, thank God we can have flexibility now because I remember when I was in corporate America going to my first level management and saying, okay, when I have this baby, I would like to have one day off a week to work from home. And they were like, yeah, no, I was told no. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was told no, but I was laughing because at the, you know, at the big convention the year before when it's like rah rah we hit our goals they said next year we're going to be one of the number one ranked companies to work for for women well you're not going to be that company if you're not embracing a person that's getting off maternity leave so that was a joke right but nowadays flexibility working from home it's awesome because we can go on our computers we can work wherever and that is a gift to women Well, and I also want to say like that you asked about what the opportunities are. I mean, this pandemic has given us an opportunity to meet and connect with people like you and I are doing right now that you never would have met and connected with before. I have talked to people from my podcast that I like blown away that these people would have given me the time of day. And it's because it's so easy now. And so, you know, I think networking is a lot easier too. So if you're unsure about something, set up a Zoom with you know, a friend of a friend or figure out who you want to talk to and start to network. You don't have to meet them, you know, when they come to town for a business convention, you can totally zoom with them. And the other thing I want to say, and I should have said this before about publicity, utilize podcasts. Oh yeah. I mean, we didn't really even talk about this and we're two podcasters, but like (laughs) podcasting has changed my business. I'm sure it's changed yours. You don't need to have your own. There are thousands and millions of podcasts out there go out and find some to be on. It's great practice in terms of sharing your story and talking about your business. It also gives you content to share without having to 
make it on your own. You know, you have this content after you have a whole podcast and usually the producer or the host will give you assets for it. So there's just a lot of um, benefits to being on podcasts. And then you can use that as publicity to get other publicity. Absolutely. I mean, and don't be afraid to reach out to podcast hosts and pitch them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I get pitches every day. I'm sure every day. Do. All day, every day. And it's, you just don't know what they're looking for unless you try. So I love that. So if anybody wants to work with you, where can they find you? You can find me at lindsaypinchuk.com or on Instagram at lindsaypinchuk. I do answer. It's me. Not a, it's not a virtual assistant or anything. And um, you can also find me on my podcast every week, twice a week. Um, Dear Founder, everywhere you listen to podcasts. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the 29 Minute Mom. You are just a wealth of information. So, so happy you came on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, sweet friend. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and burned out? If so, I totally get it. As moms, we have so much on our plates. It's not easy to take care of everyone, keep up with your to-do list and find time for ourselves, but it can be done. All you need is a step-by-step plan and a system that works. Plus some extra encouragement and accountability doesn't hurt either. That is why I want to formally invite you to my brand new coaching program, the Created Order Neighborhood. The neighborhood is for women just like you that want to live a life of order, calm, intention, and purpose. I promise you, sister, you are not alone in your overwhelm. All you need to do is to decide to move into our community today And I will help you find more space, time, energy, and money to live a life of purpose and contentment. Just go to my website, jenniferfordberry.com and look for the created order neighborhood. Hope to see you there.